Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. So there is a lot of scrambling happening, and I don't think that the general public is, is truly grasping how stressful and how disruptive this is for parents right now. I'm Annie Reese. This is Politico Dispatch. Last Thursday, the FDA issued a sweeping recall for three major infant formulas after reports of illness, including after four babies were hospitalized and one died. I saw the recall Thursday evening, and I noticed that FDA had said that the illnesses began between September and December. And I thought, well, wait a minute, when did they get reported? Today, reporter Helena Bottomiller-Evich who scooped the story on the four-month gap between when the FDA was told about a foodborne illness suspected at a formula plant and when they ordered the recall. So I went to the state of Minnesota, which I noticed had had one of the cases, because the state of Minnesota is known for being incredibly adept at cracking foodborne illnesses. They're kind of like the CSI of like foodborne (laughs) illness detection. So because I've covered food safety and food policy for a long time, I knew that they had a really, really, you know, elite team on this. So I thought, well, Minnesota might know. And it just so happened that they had the first case. So they confirmed to me, you know, this is when we reported this to FDA and CDC. And, you know, we knew about the formula that had been produced in that plant. So Then I immediately started putting the pieces together, and then FDA eventually did get me a little bit more detail on the timeline, but that's how it came together. So the four-month gap is the craziest thing here, right, between when the FDA was told and when they actually issued the recall. So why so long? We do not know why so long. I have been asking a lot of questions of FDA. There are a lot of really major questions we have about this timeline. But essentially, the FDA was told of the first infant illness tied to Chronobacter Sakazaki, which is a really rare uh, bacteria, but can be really, really serious and oftentimes mm-hmm. deadly in infants. They learned about this first case in September. Uh, and they told Abbott Nutrition, the formula maker, about the issue, the reported illness, and so that was the about September 22nd, and we recalled the formula February 17th. And in the in-between time, there were two more illnesses of Chronobacter and one other illness of Salmonella that were all tied to the same formula plant. And so certainly parents, I think lawmakers, public health advocates have a lot of questions about this lengthy timeline. Right. So... There is this lengthy timeline, but how is it normally supposed to work at the FDA? Like, what's a normal timeline? So it definitely feels long. I think um, folks looking at this timeline would objectively say it is a long timeline. Um, I think one of the issues is that, you know, the first illness came in, it was one report of an illness. And typically in foodborne illness outbreaks, you'll have like a cluster of illnesses. So you'll have you know, maybe you'll have six salmonella cases that have the same fingerprint, the same genetic fingerprint. And then you sort of work back from there to figure out what was the common food that was consumed. And with with adults, it can be really hard to do that because I don't know about you, but do you remember exactly everything you ate even yesterday or three days ago? So it's really hard. It's really difficult to pinpoint. But one of the things about infants, like young, young infants, is they are typically only consuming one, maybe two foods, breast milk, human milk, uh, 
or, or formula, or maybe both. So in this case, we know FDA contacted Abbott. So there was, you know, the potential link to the formula because they knew what formula the infant had been had been consuming. Um, and that infant survived, but was in the hospital for 22 days. There are two more Cronobacter cases and another Salmonella case. So in total, four infants were ultimately hospitalized and one died, though FDA has said it's not clear if it was solely due to the Cronobacter infection. Um, so this is really, really serious. I think, you know, because this is such a rare bacteria, it makes it more difficult. But there are a lot of questions about why FDA didn't immediately go into that plant. So September 21st, they get the report. September 22nd, they contact Abbott. They did do a routine inspection three days later, but it doesn't look like they were looking for this bacteria. Like maybe there was a breakdown in communication. We don't have that confirmed, but we have a lot of Mm. questions about it. Then FDA did not inspect that plant as part of this outbreak till January 31st. They then recalled product February 17th. So I can tell listeners, you know, I have a lot of questions about the timeline here. So do a lot of folks, so do a lot of parents, and we're going to keep pressing for an explanation. So the three formulas recalled, how how big a deal is that? Like, how big a, a piece of the market is that? Are these formulas that are like really popular and used by millions? Yeah. So those three formulas are Similac, Elementum, and Elecare. These are major brands. Similac in particular is a very, very mainstream brand. I mean, there are millions of parents that are having to navigate this right now, um, it, even if they're just trying to figure out whether or not their formula was impacted. Uh, so to figure out if your formula was recalled, you can go to FDA.gov or you can go to Abbott Nutrition's website and you can type in you know, the lot number that's on your formula to figure that out. I really encourage parents to do that. But it's it's really big. It's really confusing. And this comes at a time when we were already having some some shortages of formula on store shelves. I mean, it, it was more, you know, could you get every variety you wanted, right? There were mm-hmm. some supply chain constraints. Mm-hmm. And this has only made it worse. I mean, I'm getting reports from parents who, you know, had their kid on a very specific type of formula, can't switch it and cannot find the formula they need anywhere. Yeah, that was another question I had for you because you published this story last week and I noticed that since then you've been continuing to follow it and you have a lot of parents who use this formula tweeting at you. So what are some of the things that you're hearing from parents? Yeah, parents have been uh, sending me tips like, you know, make sure to check the promotional formula that's sent to your house when you're expecting a baby. So it's really common for formula companies to send you a package of, you know, actually small cans of formula. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, they're hoping that you'll you'll like it and your baby will will use it. And so parents have been telling me, like, be sure to check those because the promotional formula they got in the mail was recalled. So there's a lot of a lot of tips like that coming in parents scrambling to get the specific formula that their that their child needs in some cases you know your child might have a dairy allergy so they might need a very very specific kind of dairy free formula and it's really difficult sometimes impossible to switch brands so that's one thing to understand i'm also tragically getting reports of families who had kids who were sick I don't know if they're connected to this. I, you know, of course, just urge them to talk to their doctors, but there are some reports like that coming in. I 
got a message from a, a dad in the UK yesterday who said his daughter had been in the hospital for four days and he, she was on one of the recalled formulas. And so, you know, he has questions. So I'm getting a lot of messages like that. We have not gotten an FDA update yet in terms of, you know, are there more reports of illnesses coming in? It, does the recall expand at all? We, we haven't gotten an update in a couple of days. The parent in England brings me to another question I had, which was that um, the FDA says that Abbott distributed the recalled infant formula to more than two dozen countries. So is the formula recalled in those countries too? Yeah, so each country can, you know, issue their own messages about recalls, but Abbott is recalling formula in more than two dozen countries. And it's a lot of different countries, Australia, China, the UK, Egypt. I mean, there's there's a really long list. So if any parents are listening in those places, they should definitely check the FDA's website, check your government's website, check Abbott's website, make sure you're just checking to see if your formula was part of this. So in addition to the four-month gap that we've talked about, what are some of the other big questions that you're going to be kind of following up on? One of the questions I have is, what exactly is FDA doing in these infant formula um, inspections? So infant formula actually is a lot more regulated than regular food products. I think that probably mm -hmm. makes sense to a lot of consumers. Really vulnerable population, again, often the primary source of nutrition. So infant formula plants are actually inspected about once a year, which is pretty frequent compared to other food plants that might not get inspected every few years. So in this case, during the pandemic in 2020, the inspection was skipped. I'm not sure how wide, how widely that was um, an issue, but for this plant, we know that there wasn't an inspection in 2020. So when they came back in 2021, I have some questions about, you know, what exactly were inspectors doing? Were they doing environmental testing or were they swabbing equipment looking for this bacteria? Because when FDA went in in January, they did swab looking for this bacteria and they found it in the plant. They also found records that suggested that this bacteria had been an issue in the plant and had also led the company to destroy some product. So that tells you that, you know, the folks running that plant knew that this was an issue they had. So again, questions about the timeline, questions about like what FDA was doing in that routine inspection that just happened to come three days after the initial illness was reported. Helena Bottomiller-Evich, thank you so much for talking with me. Thank you. Anytime. Also today, the North Carolina Attorney General's office says the constitutional prohibition on insurrectionists seeking federal office could be applied to GOP Representative Madison Cawthorn if a state board determines that he aided or encouraged the January 6th attack on the Capitol. And after Germany blocked the certification on Tuesday of the natural gas pipeline, the Nord Stream 2, which goes from Russia to Germany, President Joe Biden hit the Russian company that built the pipeline with sanctions on Wednesday. Today's episode of Politico Dispatch included music composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Be sure to follow Politico Dispatch if you haven't yet, and if you can, leave us a rating and review. It helps more people find the show. I'm Annie Reese. Thanks so much for listening.